This week on Flyover Country with Scott Jennings. Some Republicans that I follow say that nominating Trump, although they admit he has a great chance to win, is still like playing a video game on ultra nightmare mode. Attention passengers, we ask that you please fasten your seatbelts at this time and secure all baggage underneath your seat or in the overhead compartments. Flyover Country with Scott Jennings is prepared for takeoff. A volcano in Iceland and an avalanche in Colorado. This is Flyover Country with Scott Jennings, and Courtney Yap Norris is joining us, and Scott Jennings has given me that crazy look. What are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. Welcome to the last show of 2023. You haven't heard about the volcano in Iceland? It's great. Let's move on. So, Courtney, welcome to the uh, to the Thank team. Thank you. I'm can, so excited to be here. Can we just do something? No, no, no. We're not going to start over again. See? <laughs> I, this is what he does. I don't. I just I, we do this, this every week. This is fine. You this is good. Thing, you could have you could have you could have just done it and moved with it, but instead you had to criticize. I know. Why? Well, you told me before we started it was going to be stupid, and then no, it was. No, no, it wasn't stupid. <laughs> it was it was clever. This was his third idea. <laughs> okay. Let's let's go with the first two. Run it back. The most important thing is Courtney is here. So Courtney excited. Norris is here, new cast yes. member. Huzzah! We, we defenestrated Kevin Grout to the government. And he's gone, never to be never to be heard from again. It's a great word. Probably the worst, actually, cast member we had. And then we got a good cast member, Courtney. We, sh- we shall see. She's going to be see. great. Uh... Well, welcome, Courtney. Tell us you. So you're from? Uh, give us a little. You're from Louisville. I'm from. I'm originally from Paducah, Kentucky. Mm. Originally from Paducah. You went to. But you, you went to school. I went to school here. Another yeah. Western Kentuckian. Yep. Western. I went to WKU. Long career in politics, yeah. Capitol Hill. Corporate communications, joined the staff of Run Switch Public Relations uh, not too long ago, and we're glad you're here. Thank you. We have a real live human female on the show. I'm excited. Were you given any warnings (laughs) or admonitions by anyone before stepping into this role? No. Okay. (laughs) That's that's, that's not true. I gave her one warning that the show does not have an HR department. And so there's nothing really to do about Which is why all, I'm flying blind all of my flying complaints blind. all of my complaints have gone unanswered for the last how long has this been going on? Too long. Uh, uh while. Wow. We've been at this for it's like two years? Yeah, a couple of years now. That is crazy. Let's go to the breaking news though, if we can. Yeah. Um out of Colorado where the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that President Donald Trump is ineligible. He has been disqualified from their um their presidential election there, the uh, the, the primary in March, mm-hmm. uh, because of his role under the 14th Amendment, uh, his role with the insurrection. Yes. Uh, some people sued to have Donald Trump thrown off the ballot, uh, claiming the 14th Amendment prohibits anyone who has participated in insurrection from running for office. This has been tried in numerous states. I think three other states dismissed this. And a lower court in Colorado had actually dismissed it. Tonight, as we're recording this on Wednesday night, just a couple of hours ago, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled 4-3 to three that he's off the ballot. Now, this ruling is stayed and is immediately being appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, where tonight on CNN I heard former Trump White House lawyer Ty Cobb say that he thought it would be thrown out by the Supreme Court by a 9 nothing vote. He really thought that this would be uh, chucked, and it would be a, a big victory for Trump when it is. So most of the political people are coming to the same conclusion, which is, you know, uh, this is really going to be helpful to Trump and rally Republicans around him at a critical time as we head toward the Iowa caucus. Doesn't this just seal 
Trump's standing with the the folks who believe that the deep state is out to get all Republicans. Of course, I mean, and also, where's where's this court case? Colorado, mm. the most libertine society in the history of the of the United States. They all of a sudden decide they have principles or morals, and is blah blah blah. It's all anti-Trump garbage. I mean, like this is going to be thrown out. This is going to rally the base. It's going to make Donald Trump's poll numbers go up. It it, it will help. Like every time he has an engagement with the legal system. Uh, all of his opponents, except for Chris Christie, are forced to like go out and defend him. Vivek yeah. Ramaswamy, Trump's surrogate slash candidate, is already saying that national spokesman. He yeah, that's right. Future deputy commerce secretary is already saying that he will withdraw from the Colorado primary, and he challenges the other Republicans to oh, also seriously. withdraw. So to make it fair for Donald Trump, so we'll see what Haley and DeSantis have to say. I presume they're both going to attack. The Colorado Supreme Court and defend Donald Trump, and just like every other time, I we mean, do this. We do this all the time. Yeah, it's just, we, this it's this, it's like you know, it's like rinse and repeat. It, it this is this is happening over and over, and it just just we we know this show. We know that this show is going. It's funny. The news was breaking while Trump was like taking the stage in Iowa tonight. I mean, the, the timing on this guy. It's really amazing. And he'll walk out there and be like, did you read the news? Yeah. They're coming after me because you, they're coming after you. Did you read the news, Sean? Colorado. <laughs> oh, this is the part, Courtney, where I step in it. I, I'm no I'm no fan Go of Trump. Go ahead. Tell us, yeah. tell us yeah. why Donald Trump should not be allowed. Well, I'm going to surprise you. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm no fan of Donald Trump. I, really? I, I will not vote for Donald Trump. I believe that he disqualified himself in and should have disqualified himself in the eyes of Republican voters. Mm. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to project my opinion upon other voters. My, my point being is it's up to the people like me mm-hmm. who think that he should not be president again mm. to make the case. But I'm not going to to uh, take away the vote of someone who believes he does have that right or that place. So I'm saying I think, I think the Colorado Supreme Court. You think I, they did a disservice? I do. They hurt They hurt Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I, I, well and also because they hurt the voters. Yeah. They're saying you cannot be trusted. To make this decision. I would agree with that. And I think the voters are vote for Trump because he does the things that nobody else does. He just punches people right in the face. They don't really. This this thing. And, you know, Biden every day. The greatest problem with Trump is that he's a threat to our democracy. Meanwhile, you've got judges trying to prevent democracy from occurring. Meanwhile, judges don't even want to. Meanwhile, back the, in Gotham. Re- Republican right now, Trump is sitting at 70 percent. In the mm-hmm. national polls, seventy percent, and you've got a court saying, "Well, they, <laughs> well, I just, that guy can't be on the ballot." I mean, I, I mean, think we can all agree, and I think Joe Biden of Bull Connor fame would agree that disenfranchisement is not a good look. If you're taking away the vote of people, if you're taking away the power of the ballot box, again, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump. I won't say it again. Maybe I will. But but the point being is, is it's not my job to come in and say, because I don't think he should be president, I don't think you should have the right to cast a ballot for him. You should have the right to vote for whomever you want and let the chips fall where they may. And I don't even know. What are, what are, what are Trump's chances in Colorado anyway? Zero. He will not win the electoral votes in Colorado. But it's just the principle of the matter that right. the Republican well, I'm gonna, nominee I'm, couldn't be on the ballot in a, one of the 50 states. I'm going to think I'm going to dispute just a little bit of what you're saying, which is that I think the Constitution should be followed, but he's not been convicted 
of anything that should prevent well, him that's an excellent from being question. on the ballot. And Who, so and so like yeah. so like I believe the constitution would be followed because that was a civil war amendment when it was adopted for a very specific purpose. Right. And it, it should be followed, but like he's not been convicted of anything. So therefore Who decides of course them? of course he should be on the ballot. So and, and that's an excellent point. I, I agree with you as far as being on the ballot. But I'm saying is in addition to that, I, I, here's the question: Who would decide? The U.S. Supreme Court would decide the meaning of the Fourteenth Amendment of the Constitution. I mean, who would decide Donald Trump's guilt or innocence in terms of being guilty of insurrection? Well, he's not been charged with that. Even the January sixth case in Washington, he's not charged with committing an insurrection. So where? I, well, then I'm. I don't know where the Colorado Supreme Court gets off in saying, in our opinion, welcome. At this, welcome back to MAGA. <laughs> Welcome, brother. It's not a good place, Joe. <laughs> Welcome, friend. I just saw you do a little bit of a 180 from every. Yeah. Because no, the issue is the issue just... is not like the court decide. It's like it's not that they like no. don't think people should be allowed to vote. They're just they're just literally inventing something out of whole cloth. You know what? That, you that know doesn't exist. You know what's amazing about this conversation? This whole you know Trump's a threat to the democracy. He's a dictator. Blah blah blah. There was a, a headline in Axios a couple of days ago. Let me just read it to you. While the U.S. Supreme Court has blocked Biden's signature student loan forgiveness plan, mm. <laughs> the administration has managed to dole out $132 billion to more than 3.6 yeah. million borrowers and has signaled it will do more. You mean, you mean that the president of the United States is mm. openly defying the Constitution, the Constitution as interpreted by the Supreme, Supreme Court ruling? They Man. Told, they told me to get a dictatorship. I had to vote for Trump. Turns out all we had to do was vote for Joe's Democracy candidate. dies in darkness. I tell you, man. Well, the ends have justified the means for many politicians over the years, including Joe Biden. I tell you. he. It, it, it is interesting, the projection, though, that, that goes on with these guys. They, they actually want a dictatorship. They want authoritarian emergency powers because yes. they view everything as an emergency. What do we see what they did? Student the last... loans, emergency, climate, emergency, COVID, that's emergency. Right. That's how everything they get elected. That's how they do it. And that way with emergencies, we can do whatever that we want to do, even defy the U.S. Supreme Court. So how's this all shake out? Well, I think the Supreme Court is going to slam dunk this Colorado thing into the garbage. And so Trump is then going to take a victory lap on that. He's going to crush in Iowa. Haley is getting closer to him in New Hampshire, but I don't think she's going to get there. But I said tonight on TV, I thought this totally takes the wind out of the Haley boomlet sales or whatever, because once again, Trump back in the center of the arena and all these other Republicans rallying around. I mean, Nikki Haley's not going to be able to go on TV and say, oh, oh, I agree with Colorado. She can't do that. She's going to have to praise Trump. What what is what is what? Which, I by the way, she's competing for independents and Democrats in New Hampshire, and then they're going to hear her go on TV and praise Donald Trump. <laughs> Forget it. The timing on this guy. The thing that's difficult for any of these people that is challenging Trump is that he really is for the party an incumbent president. Like he is the guy. It's like name name a time where an incumbent president lost a primary. When did that happen? Mm-hmm. Has it ever? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. So, I mean, like, this has always been the challenge for any of these people going after him. Yeah. Well, it looks it looks pretty baked to me. I mean, the guy's gonna he's gonna win Iowa by a record margin. Courtney, do you have baking thoughts? Because you have the bakery that you run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all the cake's ready to come out of the oven. Hey, yeah, yeah. 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 get in on go. it. <laughs> so, it's all against the backdrop of uh, President Biden, oh. as you described it on X slash Twitter. Free fall. Free fall. He, I mean, two national polls this week. He was at 33% in one and 34% in the other. I mean, it, 
it don't get much worse than that. I mean, I remember I lived through the second term of George W. Bush. <laughs> and that's about as bad as it gets. Pretty so, bad. You can like Sean. What question would do I ask as a follow up here? Just to, since you know my usual. Oh, I would never. I would never tread on your. No. On your lane. Here. So so I will I will say this. I think Biden is struggling. I will also say this. There was a New York Times Siena survey this week that showed him ahead of Trump among likely voters, yep. but behind Trump when you throw in. Registered voters include, and, and then the splits were amazing. He was ahead among the likeliest voters, but behind, well behind Trump among the least propensity voters. The people who said they, they didn't vote in 2020. Yeah. And so, you know, the, I guess the, the conventional wisdom is always that a high turnout election helps Democrats. But actually, in this case, I think a, a low turnout election would help Biden. If it's a high turnout and all these low propensities show up, mm-hmm. according to this polling, Trump would actually benefit from that. So I was actually talking to a political operative today about money and how it's going to be spent in this campaign. I think the only money anybody's going to spend is turnout money. I mean, no TV ad is going to change your opinion about Biden or Trump, I don't think. But if Donald Trump could spend money to get people who never vote to show up, or if Joe Biden can spend money to get, you know, younger voters back in the fold to show up and they're hard to get to show up, that's, that's where the real money is going to make a difference, is it not? Yeah, it's going to be a grassroots campaign. Definitely, that's what all the political pundits are saying. I, I, I mean, t- what TV ad could you make to make Donald Trump better or worse, or Joe Biden better or worse? You can't make one. Everyone's already made their minds up, right? They're I the mean, most like, defined. We are talking about this ad nauseum day after day. Biden and Trump, Biden and Trump. I think it's almost ridiculous that anybody else thinks they can enter this race and win. Suburban white female, we brought you here to tell For us for a reason. What are your people? <laughs> going to do in this election. I mean, that's the real thing. That's the real thing. What are your people going to do? I'm now the do? representative of all suburban yes. white yes, correct. females. Well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely well, Joe, not. Well, Joe, don't. I mean, we don't know. You're don't, suburban. Don't know your, you're the suburban your white is. squishes. Call me they. Sean is the manly rural outdoorsman. Are you? <laughs> we all have no. our segment. Every, Every single segment. woman listening. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> Where is the... Yeah. I think the writing's on the wall. It's going to be Biden-Trump, and I think Trump's going to win. You think I, Trump's going to win? That's your prediction. That's my prediction. We're already doing predictions. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm going to go in for it, because I think even though Biden pretends to be like the little engine that could, and he pulled it out last time, I don't think he's going to pull it out. Mm. I don't. See, so you think Joe Biden is going to lose. I do. Do you think it's because Trump is going to improve? Not or because, because of, I want that to happen, but because that's just... Do you, but do you think it's going to be because Trump improves or because like third parties... I think it's going to be third parties going to drag it down. Drag him down. Interesting. So the questions that I usually ask along this at this point in the in the in the podcast, there, Courtney, are like the the by the time election comes around, what is the ultimate effect of things we're talking about now? In other words, how long do these? What kind of staying power? For instance, I you know will these polls, even though they're historically bad, Scott and Sean and Courtney, uh, do they have an opportunity? I mean, doesn't have an opportunity at this point for for the rebound. And then secondly, are the, the other issues that we've been told, and I know that Kamala Harris is embarking upon a national tour right now to rally the troops uh, around the abortion issue. I mean, these are the things that continue, as we saw in the election in Kentucky yeah. uh, a few months ago, you know, um, it's had a direct impact. So to me, you can't discount those things, especially, Scott, when you referenced the second poll, mm-hmm. which is the highest propensity voters. How is it? That a president with historically abysmal ratings is 
not only competitive, yeah, but can beat the other guy. Some Republicans that I follow say that nominating Trump, although they admit he has a great chance to win, is still like playing a video game on ultra nightmare mode. Like that's you, what people say. People say that. Yeah, people. Many people are saying <laughs> it's like you could win, but you're going to run the gauntlet, you know, with Trump. Whereas nominating literally anyone else might make it. Now, now as you all know. I have a different theory, which is not nominating Trump may cause his people to just sit it out. Mm-hmm. And those low propensity voters I was just talking about who love Trump, are they, are they going to come out for some other politician? I'm not so sure about that. Uh, but it is true that the Democrats are going to try to make the campaign about anything other than the economy, the border, world affairs, Joe Biden's age, uh, stability, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's going to be about democracy and abortion. That's it. That's their whole campaign. I just think some of it's going to be hard to pull off because the whole premise of the Biden uh, administration was I'm going to reduce the chaos. It now seems more chaotic to many people in the world uh, who can't afford a house or a car, who see the borders overrun, who are paying $100 for a head of lettuce or whatever. I mean, it seems pretty chaotic. And uh, uh, But that's the game. That's that's the game they're going to play. I don't I don't know who's going to win. I, I don't have a gut feel for it yet. I think it's going to be an, an interesting election, and we have other twists and turns. These low-propensity Trump lovers, though, if they come out, Biden could get swamped. I just think that, aside from the abortion issue, this, this election really turns on the issue of competency. Mm-hmm. And I think that whether you're a Republican looking at Biden or you're a Democrat looking at Trump, you can— both look at the election through the lens of competency. Do you think Joe Biden's too old? Do you think that the world is on fire because of his leadership across the world stage? Do you think the economy's on fire? Did you like it better under Trump? Is Trump more qualified to handle the economy, or is Trump a disaster for democracy? Uh, I think all of these things fall under the category of competency, of who can lead. And I, and I just really think there was this— the, the moment that Biden started slipping was when Afghanistan fell. And all of that had to do with the total collapse of his, the perception that he had built up that he was a competent leader. And he has never recovered from that. Trump got 46% of the vote twice. Mm -hmm. My assumption is he's going to get that amount again. The only question is whether it's enough. It was was enough once. It was not enough another time. To Courtney's point, the third parties on the ballot in certain states could make it enough more than enough. If you look at some of these polls, I mean, you got Biden down in the 30s if you throw RFK and these other loonies on the ballot. So I saw a sticker on the back of somebody's car today in Louisville. Can RFK? Yeah. I, I saw a yard sign in Oldham really? County where I live. I was driving around. Who was the RFK supporter? Is there one here? No, I'm saying who is. Oh, I mean, there's like one in Louisville and you know the them? Like, no, okay. <laughs> is, there one, what, is that person coming from the Democratic Party? Is that so, someone coming from the just from wherever? Many are. Oh, yeah, I think some of it is protest of Biden. I mean, look, the polls today still show a majority of Democrats want someone else. Right. In the Fox News poll this past weekend, it was like 54% of Democrats said, you want Joe Biden, you want someone else? Someone else. I I mean, I saw an RFK sign in the Highlands. Really? Like deep blue progressive Highlands. Now, that having been said, have you ever heard him talk? His voice is so weird. He can't talk well. It sounds it's so like, gravelly. It's not even gravel. It's like he swallowed. It's like sand that's been like a tr- thrown into a blender. A, a toad who had been 
a sandy, also a sandy on toad. drugs. I don't know. It was something. It's, it's his voice. It's a like a drugged up sandy toad. It's just the Not weirdest. Presidential. It's what you're saying, really. No, it's, it's so weird. Like you're, you're expecting voice. to like hear, like, you know, JFK. Uh, ask probably, not right? what you would, you know, the whole famous JFK oh, stuff. Oh, Sean. I, don't, I can't even do it. It's so weird. You know, it's like this. It's That's like, closer. It's like, you know, we've been on his show, Anderson, talking to you about what's going on. But it's more halting. On. It's more halting. It's more, uh, Work on it. Okay. <laughs> that was impressive. Pretty good. Sean's got some good ones. <laughs> what's the last Go one? ahead, Joe. What's the yeah. last? It's like he's going to die at the end of each sentence. I mean, that's what's sort the of last what? election that came down to actual Literally ideas over. about what they would do once in office? I'm sorry, what? I mean, I'm just thinking about right now. This, that's a concept. Yeah, yeah. That's a... Well, I mean, because I mean, and this the election will be the worst of it in terms of both sides will be saying the other one is as an existential threat for our country. Well, they it, always argue that, right? This election is the most important election. Right? Democracy will end if you don't elect my person. That's what they always. They say. were doing. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams were doing that to each other. I, I but I they think, were. but they but were. the, but to Sean's point earlier about, uh, or who said it about the incumbency? It was me, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got, actually. I have another theory on this. But with an incumbent president, most often it is just a referendum. On Oddly that. enough, I do believe that Trump is running sort of a Biden-esque campaign from four years ago. Bear, bear with me for a minute, but his basement are these fringe. Right-wing TV networks, and because he's generally not covered anymore like he used to be by CNN or MSNBC or even Fox News as much as they, as he used to, but he's able to basically talk only to his base, the people who are just rabid about him, and and in the meantime, the rest of the country is kind of ignoring him, and in that regard, there's less attention to him among people who aren't going to vote for him anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there actually is somewhat of a, I think it helps him. Well, it's, uh, it's a crazy time, man. Uh, Courtney and Sean, <laughs> uh, if your campaign managers right now are involved in the campaign of Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, what are you talking about tonight mm. with this Trump news? What do you do? I think Scott's already indicated that, that you know, when you have a, what I, as I said earlier, an incumbent president that you're primarying, you need to find some sort of way to hug him. Enough to not offend the, you know, ninety percent of voters that that love him, but you've got to also find a way to distance yourself from it. And so you see them doing this kind of dance, but I just don't think it's going to work. Listen to this Rube Goldberg machine you're trying to construct over there. You'll never get, you'll never build that. Their only argument said, has always I said ever it won't work. I said it won't work. <laughs> Their only argument's ever been, "I can beat Biden." And nobody else can. That's all. They don't. They don't talk about and anything else. Just the polls I'll be Biden. That. He won't. I'll the, be Biden, but she won't. Like, the polls show Trump can. Trump can so also I, be Biden. I might yeah. be. I might you be saying the you obvious. Know I, you yeah. know what I would say if I were Haley? Actually, I think I would say, you know, this is a stupid ruling. But you know what? Whether it's Donald Trump today or me tomorrow, the Democrats are going to do the same thing to all of us, which is to try to fill in the blank and maybe just kind of say. Just use his play card. Just use Trump's play card. That might that might be a way to cut it. I don't know. I mean, DeSantis is out accusing her right now of wanting to be Trump's vice president. That's their whole thing right now against Haley. Is she's just running for VP. That's they got a website. They got the whole thing. They're kind of attacking her for not being. She has sort of said she isn't running for number two, but who is? No one ever is. Right. No one ever is. HW wasn't. Yeah. So I don't know. Going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on Flyover Country. 
Hey there, Flyover Country listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by the Bluegrass Media Lab, Kentucky's premier media studio. The Bluegrass Media Lab offers a wide array of services, including video production, podcasting, live shot broadcasting, web development, media training, and more. You name it, they do it. Head over to bluegrassmedialab.com today to get in touch. Now, back to more Flyover Country with Scott Jennings. Let's go to Tompkinsville, Kentucky. Oh, let's go there. Let's talk about That's a, a shift. It is, in, in fact, a a uh, a suddenly famous farm uh, in in uh, in in South Central Kentucky, and um, talking about that owned by Representative uh, James Comer, Jamie Comer, to his friends here in Flyover Country, and Scott a. Uh, a column for USA Today and other newspapers uh, across the country is getting quite a response that you you actually interviewed Congressman Comer, the chairman of the Oversight Committee. And there have been some reports, the Associated Press, trying to somehow compare or uh, yeah, or, or equalize the, the, uh, the Jamie Comer's farm that he owns there and rents out to hunters. Uh, with the shell companies of the Biden family. Tell me about this. So the AP ran a story claiming that Jamie has a friend of the pod, by the way, that Jamie has an LLC that owns six acres, and this makes him essentially equivalent to Hunter Biden, which they were they referred to Comer's LLC as a shell corporation. So Comer, predictably, and, and I think correctly, was incensed by this allegation from the Associated Press. Anyway, I interviewed him over the weekend and wrote a pretty good column about it. It was mostly just me quoting Comer because he had lots to say, yeah. uh, pushing back on this, including, <laughs> including, you know, it was like, my my LLC has land. It has assets. It has a business purpose. The Bidens have like 20-plus LLCs, and not a single person can tell me what any of them do other than move money from one to the other. And in order to conceal these foreign payments, and then he and he chuckled and he said, "Ah, maybe I should have taken up painting instead of farming." <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good, uh, but I thought the news of the column actually was was Comer said, um, "Yeah, I don't know if the House is going to impeach Biden or not." He said that my job is to investigate things that stink, and he thinks it stinks. He also made some points about the press and this whole mantra of no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. And he said, I've got bank records. I've got text messages. I've got whistleblower testimony. I've got documents. I have all these things that where I come from, you'd call evidence. Now, whether that evidence is enough to impeach the president, I don't know. But it's certainly enough to investigate. And it's certainly enough to stop people from saying no evidence, no evidence. And so uh, it was good. It's a good piece. I don't know that uh, anyone around here has interviewed Comer that extensively lately, so check it out. Career Journal, USA Today. It was good. Has anybody ever interviewed Comer on that extensively in the local media? Not that I've seen. No, nah, he does a lot of national press, but... Yeah, I don't uh, think anyone, I, anyone in the Kentucky he's, media has he's interviewed He's generally him. available. I would think that if the media would reach out and say, yeah, I'd like to talk to you about this and get your side of the story, I think he would talk to them. I think he's yeah. noted that on numerous occasions. Is that right? That no one... I think so, he misses Al Cross a little bit. So here's so. a here's a question for 2024 predictions. Will the House actually impeach Joe Biden, Sean Southern? I don't know. Courtney? No. Joe? No. Scott? Mm, I am. I'm thinking probably not. Because I, I think some of the, by the way, Comer also made a point to me. True story. He got the entire Republican conference to vote for the inquiry. When Nancy Pelosi got 
the impeachment inquiry going on Trump the first time, they had two Democrat defectors. And he was like, you know, they hailed her as some crusading genius. And here I am, I've got you, I got Don Bacon and Matt Gates singing off the same sheet of music. Well, didn't they do one impeachment without any inquiry? Didn't they do one? Like- they, they did, but they ultimately, they initially did, but then they ultimately formalized it. But two Democrats defected, and Comer was like, I got the whole conference. But voting for the inquiry, which is just sort of a souped-up investigation, is different than going through with it. What is disappointing to me as a former journalist is that, and is in the press, and, and not on Congressman Comer. Comer, all he has done through these series of hearings and whether it's subpoenas or other discovery of documents, is he has created a, a, this constellation, this connect the dots, and every dot that's created does paint a more compelling picture about how the Biden family overall has been profiting yeah. truly from influence peddling. From you know, now, that's, that, and that's where all the dots connect. But what's what's puzzling to me, and I truly am asking this question, if there's any current journalists listening, is that where is the curiosity? Because to me, that is the that is the ultimate. I mean, frankly, if you're a journalist, and 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 I again, uh, you know, when I covered the stories that I covered, that's the kind of thing that you long for. You long for the opportunity to say, okay, I see a pattern. Let me see if I can find the other dots and if that pattern still holds true. Instead, what I hear from all the chattering class is there's nothing to see here. Move on. Well, it's the way they've treated Hunter Biden from the beginning. This laptop isn't real. None of these things, none of these things are real. In fact, not only are they not real, it's Russian disinformation. I mean, their instincts at the beginning were to lie about it. They knew at the time it was real. They knew what Hunter Biden was into. And yet their instincts were to lie about it. I think I think for the people you're talking about, they, they make a judgment and they say, well, even if it is bad, Trump. So That's exactly right. So we just have to basically protect this guy. We got to be his defense lawyer and protect this guy. I mean, I, I've had people on TV in the last two weeks tell me, that actually all this was going to cause voters to vote for Joe Biden because they feel sorry for Hunter Biden. Some lawyer on TV was like, oh, I think he's going to be real sympathetic in front of a jury in California. So I was like, some rich guy that, that didn't pay his taxes? That these working class Americans who cannot put food on their table or buy a house, the complete American dream's gone, that they're going to be sympathetic yes. to Hunter Biden. That's what they're claiming. Well, especially because... That's weird. Well, the, the, the narrative that has been Their blood has been poisoned. ...has been cast, though, is that this is... <laughs> I mean, it's... First of all, if Poor I'm a... Guy. No, I'm, I've never been in marketing, but if, if I were in marketing, I'd be doing what Biden is doing, which is to say, it's a dad who loves his son. His son... It's a prodigal son. He went astray. He loves him so much. He brings it back. It is a great American story. How do you how do you then square that with the other story that's breaking right now, which is that the president's brother, Jimmy Biden, is caught on FBI tapes. They're taping somebody on a bribery deal, and they got Jimmy Biden on tape. This guy, the Washington Post wrote 10,000 words on this guy this weekend. He's made millions of dollars on his brother's back over the years. He loves his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I published this column, this column came out on... Uh, Monday morning, when I published this column, boy, the emails started and and also the voicemails started. Oh, I mean, voicemail! Pe- people are people are mad. Sad excuse for a human being, fascist, seditionist, and piece of crap. Get the <laughs> fuck off CNN and quit <laughs> supporting the Republican fascist party. Yeah, not great. 
And then tonight, after that happened, after I went on and analyzed this Colorado business... We're taking a star turn now. A famous... As the world turns. A famous actor... It's Young and the Restless. Yeah, it's all the same. A famous actor (laughs) who played... What's the guy's name? Victor Newman? Victor Newman. He... It's not his actual name. His actual name is Braden. His name is... Eric Braden. This dude is super famous. Yes. And I go on TV, and I make an objectively true analysis of what's going to happen in light of all this stuff. And he says, Scott Jennings has that perennial, smug, Republican smile on his face while commenting on the Colorado Supreme Court's decision. These people get so mad that I'm trying to just tell you what's going to happen. I'm not always right, but I've got a pretty decent track record. For the record, I've seen you be smug before and you didn't look smug. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I did do a search on Twitter for Scott Jennings and Smirk, and there are quite a few... Um, so many results. There really are a lot. I don't understand. I am literally just trying to be pleasant and honest. You were, you were on, in that moment? And I even smug. made a joke. The other people laughed. This goes back to 28... I found from, one from 2018. And they didn't work for you. Anyone else sick of Scott Jennings? Smug smirk? It's a smug smirk. Think about how that person he, feels now, five what, years later. When he mansplains to women when he sits on discussion panels? I don't is, mansplain anything. Uh, I just... Anyway, I, I just thought this might be the most famous person who ever got mad at me. It's exciting. I love it when that smirk goes away and he gets real red. Yeah. This is, this is all... This, I mean... I wear a lot of powder. I don't get too red. <laughs> this is this is pretty amazing. I'm gonna get a T-shirt made. I think this is good. I don't know. Anyway, so I got voicemails coming in. I got Hollywood actors coming in. So Superman. the uh, Associated Press on uh, Jamie Comer that story. There also, also is an AP reporter who uh, spoke to Ohio Senator J.D. Vance. Oh boy. On um yeah, uh, what is it? Tuesday afternoon, and this has to do with well, we'll listen to it first. But they, he, the the framing of it is asking about a a Donald Trump speech of much. Report. So what do you have to say to um, the former president's comments over the weekend about immigrants and saying that they're poisoning the blood America? Well, look, I've been asked this question a number of times, and here's, here, here's my view on these comments. First of all, he didn't say immigrants were poisoning the blood of this country. He said illegal immigrants were poisoning the blood of the country, which is objectively and obviously true to anybody who looks at the statistics about fentanyl overdoses. And I, I think just one, one observation about the press as an organization, you guys seem far more upset about the guy who criticized the problem than you did about Joe Biden, who's causing this problem. Can what? you just go back to his comments, though, sure. and sort of using language that we heard you know, during World War II? I'm sure you're a student of history. You're well aware what that kind of language represents in, in historical context. What organization do you represent? I work at the Associated Press. The idea that I am well aware, you just framed your question implicitly assuming that Donald Trump is talking about Adolf Hitler. It's absurd. It is absurd. Why do you think that Donald Trump's language is targeted at the blood of the immigrants and not at the blood of the American citizens who are being poisoned by the fentanyl problem? You think he was referring I think it's just ridiculous. If you watch the speech in context and you look at what's going on, it is obvious that he was talking about the, the very clear fact that the blood of Americans is being poisoned by a drug epidemic. The, the, to, to, see, to take that comment and then to immediately assume that he's talking about 
about immigrants as Adolf Hitler talked about Jews is preposterous. You guys need to wake up and actually do some Should he use different language then? Because let him have it. So Trump gave a speech this weekend and said illegal immigration was poisoning the blood of America. I think he may have also said it again tonight. This set off an entire round of people, including the White House, calling Donald Trump Adolf Hitler. I got to tell you, I I had to do some TV on, I guess Trump said this Saturday night, I had to do some TV on Sunday. I actually had the same reaction that Vance did, which is, and what I said was, to a lot of ears, when they hear illegal immigration and poison, what they're going to hear is fentanyl. They're going to hear the drug problem. That's what they're going to hear. And I got the same pushback. Oh, that's not what he meant. How do you know? I mean, that was your, I mean, of all the things, I, I agree with everything you yeah. said, but but the question is, is how do you know? How do you know? I mean, unless the, I mean, I'm, what interview they're going to do with Trump. And if, I do think that, um, not that Donald Trump has ever been artful with words. I mean, I, I think he has, there, there could be a better choice of words. I think that this is something which is loaded language. I think he needs to be more aware of that, but I'm not going to jump to the conclusion as to say that he's making this uh, about about first of all, and there's a difference between illegal immigration and legal immigration. Yes, and the fact that it, the there there is a border crisis, and the fact that as JD Vance is saying that they're trying to that there is far more uh, criticism of this comment than there is about the crisis. Yeah, is telling. I I think that they are. I think the tell is in the immediately going to Hitler. Because what have we been talking about in this country for the last several weeks? All the actual Hitlers, <laughs> the actual modern-day Nazis who are marching around college campuses, who are running around American cities, who are ripping down the posters of Jewish babies who've been kidnapped by Hamas. There are literally hundreds of thousands of little Hitlers running around. And it's not thinly veiled. The veil is off. They're more than happy to be known as anti-Semites. And who is competing for their votes? It ain't the Republicans. It's Joe Biden, principally, and his party who want, who are desperate for their votes. So I think all these people who love to comment on Donald Trump have been watching this conversation unfold. Oh, we got we to gotta regain the high ground on the Hitler conversation because a quarter of our base is Hitler's. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, I, it's obvious to me. That's what's going on here. And, of course, when, when Trump does something like this, and he gets like he gets them chasing their tail. Uh, you know it's going to become a staple right. of his rally speeches because he knows they're going to go. But your but your point about the issue, <laughs> this is like a seventy thirty issue. The American people think Joe Biden has failed on illegal immigration. They believe drugs are coming across, and they believe he's done nothing but make it worse. So if you want to keep talking about Donald Trump and what he has to say about illegal immigration, which there's no surprise here, he's been talking about it since twenty fifteen. I'm going to shock you again by complimenting somebody else here for a moment because the the, the great clarification on this issue came a couple of weeks ago from, of all people, Vivek Ramaswamy mm. during a debate when he said it, we should not be calling what's happening with fentanyl overdoses. This is poisoning. Yeah. He said it then, and it was true. And I heard DeSantis later on repeat that, which mm-hmm. was which was accurate. During his one-on-one on CNN, he called it that word. Some so of this, these- this, this word has been out there. Some, and I'm saying, and it's true. Some of these fentanyl deaths, people didn't mean to take it. No. Right. There was a baby crawling around on the carpet right. in Florida. So that's, that is poison. That's, that, 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 you've that, been that, poisoned. It's poison. You've yeah. been yeah. poisoned. So, look, I think when Trump says these things, it, it to some degree takes away from the 
strength of his overall argument because then he gets sucked into these maelstroms over the historical context of the language. But I just think the way this is going to land with the people that he needs to talk to about this election is a lot better than the way these critics are coming after him over. I I mean, I, I know some people, even some Republicans have criticized him over. I'm just telling you, the political impact of the immigration issue, uh, <laughs> Biden is such a failure on this. There's People are desperate for someone to recognize it for the emergency that it is. Which makes it that much more surprising, I guess, to me, that despite the fact that there is more of a willingness to a certain degree in the Senate, especially for funding for Ukraine, that they can't come to some consensus about cracking down on illegal immigration. Yeah. He needs a deal so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were Joe Biden, I would literally go to the Capitol and say, I will sign anything you put in front of me. It is that bad. I would take any change in law. I would take any amount of money. I would take any policy. Mm-hmm. I would I take will, anything. I will build a wall around the southern border. All right, more predictions. Sure. More predictions. Predictions on... On will there be an immigration deal, and will we, will, will we fund Ukraine... And come to a deal on immigration. I think we will because they need both. You think both it'll get sides, done? I think it'll get done. I think optimism done. from from Courtney. the I like white it. suburban <laughs> mom over here. You got it. I don't think so. You don't think they're going to get a deal? So that Nothing? means Ukraine that our support for Ukraine dries up. You've got Governor Abbott down there acting like white Earp. I you know I think I'm with Courtney. I think they're going to get something done. Because I think, ultimately, Biden cannot stomach a failure here. Think about all the good that doing a deal would. First of all, doing what the Republicans want to do would actually help. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, if you're Biden, it reinforces the whole, oh, I'm a bipartisan deal maker," which he likes to talk about. Number three, it kind of inoculates him. Yep. For the rest of the year, when he gets attacked on it, he can say, well, I signed your bill. I, I, guess I did I, everything you wanted to do. My prediction is based upon where we currently stand. If, mm. if he were to call up a Republican leader on the Hill and do what he did in the past, which is personally negotiate a yeah. deal with either McConnell or Johnson, then I would feel differently about this. But I currently do not feel that we are on the tracks he, for success here. If I were Biden, I would call Johnson's bluff here. And I would say, you know what? We'll take we'll take HR two, we'll put it in the Senate, we'll we'll I'll tell the Democrats to pass it and and but we're gonna do it all together and really just call the bluff and make them do the Ukraine piece. Just do it and see and and try to put the Republicans on on the back foot here. To to be the you don't want to be the one saying no. And right now, I think the American people think it's the Democrats who are the biggest impediment to border security. I think that's the polling is true on mm-hmm. that. So how do you make the other side take the blame for something? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the Venn diagram of Democrats who are uh, from the river to the sea Democrats. <laughs> and uh, and yes. and those <laughs> opposed to a to to a, to a border deal, yeah, or to, to, to some of those deals. It's all the same. It's all the same people. They're screaming at Biden, right? Oh, yeah. So, in other words, so the, from a base perspective, can he afford to go along with the effective measures of the Republicans? What base? Well, his own people hate him. Yeah. Well, but I'm. <laughs> well, he's trying to get him back. Well, he's not going to get him. <laughs> he needs it. Look, he needs a higher job approval. Okay. Mm-hmm. How would you get a higher job approval than 34? Do something. Triangulate. Solve a problem. Triangulate. Well, especially if, yes. if you presume that Donald that, that, that Joe Biden's going, going to be the nominee. Yeah. I'm less certain than I was right. three weeks ago. <laughs> Those people aren't are never going to vote for Donald Trump anyway. So what I mean what does he have to lose? 
than by going for a compromise. He has nothing to lose. That's my. I'm. I wouldn't even do a compromise. I would just take what they want and do it, and inoculate yourself with their plan. And for the rest of the year, if it gets better, you can say, "I had the wisdom of signing this into law." And if it gets worse, you can say, "Well, I did what the Republicans wanted to do," and you can see how that turned out. Either way, you've got a viable argument. Right now, he's got nothing except failure, the stink of failure. So do something. Be my argument. If I were his advisors, that's what I would say. My guess is he knows that. But again, it's just like on the Israel issue. He's surrounded by all these he's been, he, this is not people who are they're, they're not like they want open borders. They want Hamas. <laughs> like that's what their positions are. Like the, these are these are all former Obama administration D-listers. Yes. <laughs> I don't think we've been back in the studio here since the. Uh, yeah. Are we? Have we? Were we here after the White House staff went out on in front of the oh. of the uh, the mansion there? And this is after the intern letter. Yes. The, so and the, protested against. Why the, were not all those people fired? Fired. I, I, well, I was like 22 in D.C. Could you imagine if I was like, I'm going to go protest in front of the Senate on something my boss did? I would have been gone in a heartbeat. Oh, uh, the fact that they went out. Onto Pennsylvania, like literally, Joe Biden could see him from his bedroom window. He could have called down to the guard shack Where he and spends said, "A lot of time." He could call down there and said, "Cancel all those badges. I don't want those people walking back through the gates there." But you know, they just disrespect him, and he just takes it. It's amazing. And you know who else is stirring up trouble? Kamala. She's in there saying, "Well, I think we need to show more deference to the Palestinians." Who, by the way, eighty percent of them support what Hamas is doing. I think she's, like, inspiring this bureaucratic insurrection against her own commander-in-chief. It's crazy. He's got, his instincts are correct. We should be for Israel. But his party is crazy. And they think Israel is the oppressors. They, they think Israel does, had it coming. And so it's, the, 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 he needs to listen to Fetterman, not Kamala. That's what I'm saying. Whoa. Fetterman has got this right. Whoa. Kamala's got it wrong. He needs to listen to Fetterman. Um, I, my prediction ahead of time here is that at some point, if John Fetterman keeps making sense, that Democrats are going to dis- disavow and say he is incompetent. They're going to say some, somebody got to him, something happened with the stroke. <laughs> He's no longer. I'm telling you, this is the, the tables are going to turn on the, the John Fetterman. Turned him into a Republican. Yes, <laughs> because right. he has made sense. Maybe just quite a slightly immoderate. Maybe. Yeah. What was the other crazy. issue? He he's been right on Israel. There was another. He's, he, there's been a couple of issues he's been... I keep watching. I'm like, man, how's this guy right all the time? Just put a tie on. It all yeah. helps. When you put a suit on and go to work, it does change your perspective. Dress like, for success. Dress for success, man. Good. <laughs> John Fetterman. Speaking of uh, presidential politics, I was reading in the Associated Press uh, an interview with the governor of, of Kentucky oh. being talked about as a potential presidential uh, timber. This year? Well, some, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes soon. There's, they're, they're saying they're looking to Kentucky. Yeah, for for this, and he actually was he made some comments about the Trump comment as well, right? Oh yes. yeah, he one hundred percent did. Which it was it was so ridiculous because he sent you know he campaigned for the last year on how he sent troops to the border to help secure it, and then today he's talking about how he can't dehumanize people, and he talks out of both sides of his mouth all the time. He gets really old, mm. especially on this issue and many others. He's getting a lot of hard hitting questions though, Sean. He is today. <laughs> Joe, I I heard about this, but I didn't quite I didn't read it. They, what, what happened? He was asked, "What Taylor Swift era is he in? Yeah, of his career, which 
I don't even know where to start with that, but hard hitting. That's that's where we are. <laughs> right with there. all the issues of the day, and that's what they asked the governor. Yeah. Not like how can people afford food or the well, economy or inflation sure. or the fact Tesla's being recalled and he has this big battery plant and nobody's mm-hmm. going to buy these cars and all of it. None, none of that. None of the campaign finance laws that have been broken. None of that. I'm, I'm sure that will all come but, out in the written story. <laughs> but what Taylor Swift era? I mean, that's really what the voters want to know. They're coming the after Kentuckians want to know. This is they're, whole, they're, of, they're talking truth to power. This is on top of, you know, like a year ago he was asked, uh, what, what was his... What Jack's Harlow song did he identify with? Yeah. I'm tired of this. These people. I've been radicalized. I have a soft spot in my heart <laughs> for people who ask dumb questions because I was once one of those people. Scott can attest to that. Oh, yeah, you did. You have, you have like only so much time with no, the governor no. of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and you're going to waste a question on what's your favorite color or Taylor Swift song? I don't mind a kicker question. You're, you're for this? I don't. I don't mind a kicker question, and I wasn't there for this. I don't. I didn't know. I don't know how long the new, the press availability was. What I'm saying is, if you're asking the other questions that you should be asking, that you're pointing out, if those questions were asked, if you're asked, they about, never ask the questions okay, they're no, supposed to. Then, ask. Then, then it's ridiculous. But Easiest I'm saying to, is, uh, but usually I'm saying as part of an overall meal, if you have just a little bit of a sweet little mint there at the end, it's fine to cleanse the palate. Yes. Well, the, that means that your like palate has to have a flavor. In I it. agree. No, that's my whole point is that you have to have asked those tough questions through all of that, and then usually at the end of the end, oh, anything else you want to add or hey, what do you think about this? That's fine. Yeah, is there, but any, if, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that I should have asked you right, about? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Also, what, what Taylor Swift era are you in? <laughs> Easiest job in the world, man. I just feel like for being the a last Democrat, four Democrat years, politician. That's the only questions he ever gets. Well, ever. Easiest job in the world. He just and he says some kind of fluffy thing about how we all should this is get a man, along, this, and then like walks away, and everybody's like, you know what? That's this right. is a man who has never been asked a follow up question in his whole entire life. His 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 whole entire fake news press conference that he hosts every single week is a charade. Forget it. He's rolling. It is Keep totally going. false. He sits there and at, let, lets them ask one question, and then the reporters get muted. It is a total farce. It is It is the appearance of transparency that is it's, – it's all a charade so that he can say, oh, well, I've been the most – I've had more press conferences than any governor in the whole entire. Well, you sure have, but guess what? We've got out of them nothing because you no one lie can ask questions, and you obfuscate. <laughs> Man, you are you're on it. And he uses namby pamby language. It's like, oh, we just all need to love each other. I attended the. What are you doing? What is this? Did you say over? Oh. Nothing is over until we decide it is. This is Sean. That's true. He is rolling. He's rolling. I did. Uh, I attended Al, the Al Smith journalism, rural journalism dinner about a month or two ago. And there were and, journalists, by the way. Yeah. And. Um, just bought his Susan pu- Page pu- of um, yeah. USA Today was there. Has covered weird. many, many presidents. And I asked her about this phenomenon that you're talking about, Sean. In front of is, other people? Yes. And I said... <laughs> you were like a skunk <laughs> at a garden party. No, but I asked the question is, when, when will elected of, uh, officials begin to be expected to ask actual... To, to, to answer actual questions and follow-up questions again? Because we, COVID changed everything. 
COVID changed the entire relationship, and the fact that you could pre-screen questions, yeah, and then and then and say, well, here's the question, and then and then mute the person after they're finished talking or after they finished asking the question, so you couldn't ask a follow-up question. It happened, and the fact that the the president, of course, as well, is given the fewest yeah. news conferences of any president. I'm just saying is we're we're I living in a, in a new I'm sorry, era. I got here. one more. I yes. got one more. This man. This this man. Folks, let me just describe Sean. His hand is up like he's literally <laughs> testifying at a Pentecostal church. Like, that is true. Hit it, Sean. This man, <laughs> while doing a press conference in 2020, said, you know, the great thing about the pandemic and these virtual press conferences is if I don't like the question, I get to rephrase it and repeat it back into the microphone the way that I want to be asked the question and then answer it differently. And then he laughed. Yeah. Like... They figured out early on. These people. They figured it these out. These people. On. Like, listen, you know, he's, you know, when you're a Bashir in this state, they let you get away with it, <laughs> you know, and it's fine. <laughs> but we will never, as, as right of center people in this state, ever be treated with the level of deference because we're not a member of their tribe. Man, Sean, what has gotten into you? I have been radicalized. You, f- you look like it. Yeah. You sound like it. Man. I you do. know, Scott, we've got a lot going on. <laughs> He's over here imitating that RFK. Was, that was RFK and Kate Hepburn's love child. That was, that was, <laughs> with a hint of Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> that was, don't sully Jimmy Stewart's name in the midst of all that. Man. <sighs> easiest job in the world, Democrat politician. Second easiest job, Democrat press secretary. <laughs> Two I, easy jobs, buddy. You got it. I'm as the calm me- down. I'm going to take like some blood pressure medication. I mean, as, the, Xanax. as the news media and the political <laughs> news media in particular has been pretty much decimated in the state and across the country anyway, though, I don't know who's going to be around anymore to ask the questions. And for that matter, because YouTube exists and because yeah. you could just, you know, in, in a news studio, just go on there and just roll on it. I, I can just tell you in the newsroom, if you don't have to send a reporter and a photographer to Frankfurt to it's an investment from Louisville of at least four hours by the time you're set and, you know, by the time you get there, set up, ask the questions, do everything, and then come back and do the story. It's it's a lot easier just to say, oh, the governor, whomever it is, you know, have that. That's all going to be streamed on YouTube. Just take it from there. Mm. There's no questions. You get the sound that you need because you're just feeding the beast mm. and you're moving on. So I'm, it's, it's, it's not just coming from the governor, in my opinion. It's a compl- it's a complicity in terms of where we are in the state of the news media in general, and it has to do with where the money is. I think it's him. <laughs> I think it's both. Yeah, but I'll be curious to see: do people care enough to to demand that kind of coverage? They do not. What's next? <laughs> Issue see, number four. <laughs> I want to ask you what you've seen, read, and heard because we have to wrap this up shortly, and I want to hear some predictions. But in the meantime. <laughs> We've predicted what? a lot today, yeah. and I'm like what? nervous to listen to this like in a year and be like, "Gosh, oh, I, I was very wrong." What else? I thought we had other time. Are we are we out of things to talk about already? Did we talk about Colorado? We didn't talk about Andy Bashir having a bobblehead of himself. He did in this state budget <laughs> address. He did, by the way, which I will take a moment and praise Al Cross for agreeing with me in public. Yeah, that that was weird. Al Cross agreed with me that that was weird. And that he had a coffee mug that had his own quote on it. Democrats love, like, Chotskys. Remember when uh, Gretchen Whitmer would do all those, and she had, like, the Fauci pillow? Like the knit pillow in the background? Yeah. yeah. Democrats love Chotskys of themselves and of each other. Because it's all celebrity. For It's all, they, it's weird. they do this. Strange. 
You have Elf on a shelf on your CNN hits. Yeah. I don't. I don't look like the elf. Well, the elf well, is not made in my image. Not, uh, actually, there you is. You are the elf. Like Scott also, Anna. as you know, I don't decide where the elf goes. The elf, the elf a, goes in the house where he wants he to go. He has a bit of a smirk. <laughs> yeah, he does have a smirk. We need oh, to I make agree. like a miniature. He's a smug little bastard. I mean, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> and we live under the tyranny of the elf. That's true. Every Christmas. So what do you do? It. I don't. I don't control it. It's he for shows the up. Children, Joe. Santa sends it's him for the children. Santa sends him down, and he comes to the house. And uh, we live under his watchful gaze, and he made to make it on CNN tonight. Do you so. think there's like a market that if we like made a miniature version of you, be Scott on a cot, Scott on a pot, <laughs> <laughs> Scott on a, on a cot? That. Is that what you? Say? We might need to cut that later. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the rules are about that. I don't. I clearly don't make them. Yeah. So that's a whole other story. There's no rules. That's the beauty of this. We can do whatever we want. Uh, I was going to ask you what you've seen, Red Herd. I, I know that Eric Adams was in the news in New York City. Oh, we got to play Eric Adams. So this is incredible. If you haven't followed, you know, he's an interesting guy. Occasionally he does things that I'm like, he just gave a really smart speech. Was this one of them? Nope. <laughs> then he does things like this when trying to talk about New York City. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023, right? <laughs> so when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be, and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very complicated <laughs> city, and that's I, why this is the greatest city on the right now? Do you think that, like, after he said the 9-11, the 9-11 reference, in his mind he was like, oh, oh, yeah. crap. And let me think of something that is, like, really good to balance yeah. that great disaster out. Oh, someone opening up a business. I mean, honestly, I guess. Out of all the things you could say about New York. Yeah. Like you could Those say, are not the two things that I would have said. You could say, so you could go see the Rockefeller Christmas tree, or you could go to a show on Broadway, or you we have a great go, sports culture. Yeah, we've got the greatest sports or any, anything except that. <laughs> of all the videos seen this week on social media, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, as a former yes. TV journalist, yes. what would you have? What done? would you have done if you were sitting there well, and, and an elected official? Like looked at you. It, like, like, let's imagine you were interviewing Andy Bashir. He's like, "Well, mm. the th- great thing about Kentucky is that we've had these terrible tornadoes, and it's we, exciting. It's, One could descend on us at any moment. <laughs> and then we also we also have these floods. Yeah. And uh, but we've got some battery plants too. Yeah. What, what? How would you, in your professional opinion, well, have dealt with that? First of all, I think that he, w- he would have said, "Now, Governor." I just want to finish up with a little with a little sweet mint here. I would say, what is your favorite? What is your favorite country music station? I would brought say, you let's start over Andy's again mint because your name's no. Andy. I thought you would like it, Governor. At Halloween, what's the favorite? See, you would, would you let him run that See, back? Courtney, what happens is the question is asked, but I never get to answer it. Well, we're it's, helping you. It's more yeah. they're helping. We're you helping you do an honest, an honest end to this. No, really, but I'm interested. What would you've done? You would. One would hope. That you're enough in the moment and actually listening and not just looking at the next question or the producer talking in your ear or looking at the clock that's ticking down saying, I only have two minutes left with this. I need to get to the next question about this before he leaves. There's all these different things that are going on in Mm -hmm. your head. Mm -hmm. Scott knows about that from being on CNN regularly about all that. 
the, and the second thing I would think to myself is like, well, that was terrible. Uh, but at the same time, it's also on tape. And so I, do I need to follow up and say, do you want to, what do you mean by that? Or is it just pretty clear that they're going to, you know, uh, be excoriated later on for that? There, there are plenty of times when I was a journalist and not like a, that was a, that was a news show as a program. Mm. He was like, a, you know, sitting down side by side with someone, I think for an interview rather than it being sort of a, like an interview, they catch him on the street. It was it was it was you, on a you, studio set. You had a weird interaction once with Allison Lundergan Grimes right. at the Kentucky State Fair. Right. You asked her about Obamacare, right? And she said something like, she "Well, said, you know, we got to we eat all these donut burgers." That was you. That, that was, was Joe. So this and, is legendary. It is. it is. So in that situation, is I let the entire soundbite speak for itself. Now I did yeah. say. Uh, when we tossed to the bite, when I was you know yeah. doing the live shot, I said, "Well, when asked about health care in, in in the country and and our, the concerns about Obamacare, yeah. she pointed to state fair food as being the culprit." Yeah, you know, and then we tossed to the bite and let her speak for herself. But generally speaking, and how did the Grimes campaign react to that? Oh, they thought that I was attacking her. And, and, but but <laughs> the, her own words. But said but it. The, the the key is with all that is I mean, if as long as you have time to be able to let a politician hang themselves, usually they will. Sean, let me ask you and Courtney as professional political communicators. If you had been Eric Adams' comms director in the moment that happened, would you have immediately gone to the media outlet and said, this was a terrible moment. He obviously misspoke. This is such a hurtful thing to the people of New York that I am begging you to let us edit this and retape this part of the show or just kill it all together. Are we in this hypothetical situation? Is Eric Adams a Democrat and was, I'm a Democrat I, operative? I was about to ask the same because thing. Because if, if that, that is if that's true, different. then yes, I would do that. But yes. if, if it was a Republican, then I would not do that because it would not help us. Yeah. Interesting. In fact, that would be part of the story later on. They, they, they yeah. knew it was so bad. Immediately afterwards, they sources, sources yeah. Yeah. disclosed did, that. I didn't see, by the way. Did he apologize? Do we have, do we have any evidence that he sort of said this was a <laughs> terrible idea? You got more evidence of Hunter Biden profiting off of his daddy's work than Eric Adams apologizing for saying such nonsense. Oh, man. All right, that, that's, my, uh, that's my scene in So, her. So my question is, of the videos we've seen on social media this past week, is that the worst? Is, is the, How about the White House Nutcracker video? Pretty bad. I would well, claim that's the worst. It's like I a Hunger know. Games show. I saw another Nutcracker video that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's that? Sean's off the... <laughs> Off the chain tonight, folks. It's in the U- U.S. Senate and Judiciary. Oh yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that was not good. By the way, the most offensive thing about this story, other than the Eric Adams blames the sentence police for fury over his 9/11 comments. You don't know what I deal with every day, and that's what I was saying. So it's your your fault. It's your fault person who heard this video for listening literally to everyone in the world i think that's a great defense for donald trump the it's the sentence police the, that's great the, literally the sentence police the yes. the the news media framed the gay senate sex story yeah as alleged despite there being a video and also that it was conservative media yes that was alleging that it happened and it was like senate aid linked to yeah instead of yeah. Caught. Caught. And then the guy who got caught puts out a statement saying, well, my private 
No, personal life. I'm being attacked for who I love. Yeah, I love my son. And my life Wait, was exposed. That's a, that's a different story. Wait. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Hunter Biden. Well, he had he had basically the same the he had basically the same tactic as that as the the uh, porn lady in Virginia, the the Senate candidate over there oh, who had oh, the porn yeah. that you could pay for on the internet for anyone who had the money, who then later on in Politico has now said that. This was like basically done to her. And she said in her, actually speaking of 9-11, she said this was, you know, this was my personal 9-11. It was like some like sort of weird. Why do people, why, why, why do people use that? That should be off limits for anyway, like stuff. So this, this, this thing you brought up was bad deal, man. This <laughs> Ben Cardin. By the way, the, the, the investigative work that went into figuring out whose chair it oh. was in the committee, I think they centered on Amy Klobuchar. Can you imagine how many combs she chucked at her staff when she found out that they were having gay sex on her chair? I, she gets mad at the staff if they don't get the like right lettuce in the salad. Can you imagine what I she know. did in that office? I think we need to look at the budget and see if there's a line <laughs> item for Klobuchar's new chair. <laughs> Upholstery. Upholstery for the I chair. Think, uh, I think they got to redo the whole room. <laughs> Let's see what that bill is. I wish Kevin were here. He used to work there. Man. It's, uh, he could tell us like the layout of it, give us an idea of which of the furnitures would have been the best. Connect the dots. <laughs> I just, oh, I bet that Klobuchar just... staff was like, "Oh God, you know this thing's going, oh no, this thing's going around online." It's like, oh, you know, how often do men think of like the Roman Empire? <laughs> like this was such a moment where, like, oh, we are, we are definitely like late stage Roman Empire. Like we are, we are a bad bacchanalia. Like, That's right. We're yeah. like in a bad did this place. Guy, did this guy break any laws? Is it illegal to do that? Oh, I, I I saw a, a tweet or something that uh, that suggested that this occurred during the work week, like during a work day, and just the other day, like, yeah, it like literally last happened, week, it happened like recently during a work day. Guys, come on, who hasn't? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it reminded me, like the, the whole reaction, who among us hasn't picked out Amy Klobuchar's furniture <laughs> for defiling? The, the whole reaction to this, the way he reacted, it reminded me of that Seinfeld episode where George Costanza is like, "Was that wrong?" Should I not have done that? Because if I had known that that sort of thing was frowned upon, but the moment that I accepted employment here, well, I've been the last place I worked at, that was totally acceptable. He's like, that's just crazy. It's a big room, and anyone could walk into it any time. I think if you were going to have a tryst in the Capitol, there's like a number of closets and smaller nooks and crannies. I worked there for a number of years. You know, so yeah. There's I, there's other places other than large committee rooms. Not that I would know personally, but I'm I just mean, saying it, like that's, it's like they that's wanted, an odd choice. They think they wanted to be caught. I think well, they, they wanted to they, be caught. They taped it. They posted it. I'm sure one of them posted it, right? No, I think they were. Was well, pe- like, well, not like the surveillance? Or are they, are they like no, no, the, no, 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 no. They, no, no. They filmed it. Oh, they did. And then I think they were texting it around. And uh, then one of their texting people buddies, like maybe leaked. Is it? It, like leaked it. He was like a true patriot and was like, "We can't have this happening." <laughs> I put this out of the internet. This is too good. <laughs> I just can you can you if if someone like rewind the clock twenty years ago, someone told you that something like this would have happened. Well, we had a U.S. senator in the Minneapolis airport bathroom use yeah. his foot to signal mm-hmm. interest in such activities. 
Well, he that? claimed that he was just moving no, he didn't actually around, right? Who was that? Didn't he just he, like claim he was moving he into those no. or what, like What he said was, I have a wide stance. That's <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I have a wide was stance. It, was it Larry Craig? I think it was. So, he just, he, he why do I remember these things? You youngsters, this is before your time. This guy, well, was he from Idaho? This. Was yes. he from Idaho? Yeah. When was this? He go, look it up. He goes to the bathroom in the I'm Minneapolis. I'm not looking it up. He goes to the bathroom in the Minneapolis airport. And I guess the signal for gay sex in the bathroom is to put your foot under the Never thought whatever this way. Yeah. And so anyway, somehow, under the stall, like yeah. across the. Anyway, he gets caught doing this, and it somehow I forget how it comes out because this is before social media. But anyway, it comes out, and then he said his defense of it was, "I wasn't signaling anyone. I had a wide stance." So yes, it did. I mean, I'm just saying something like this did once occur. He didn't go it's do not, what they it's did. Not the same. Well, I agree with you, but it was it was in the same genre. <laughs> this is like the prequel. <laughs> this is the twenty year ago prequel for you, Sean. Uh, Usually so, prequels are much much worse. So yeah. Courtney, all things considered, yes. will you return to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this, this, speaking of off the rails. I, I think I'll come back. If you guys will have me. I think I started out pretty rough, but Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you playing on your on your phone? I sorry. I was trying to look up the thing for Sean. I don't. I don't want to. I don't need to see it. All right. We need some predictions before we uh, head out of here. First of all, Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful, peace, safe, uh, peaceful, and safe uh, holiday season. Uh, let's talk about predictions for twenty twenty four. Who wants to start? Anybody? What's your? You had a good. You you predicted one last year, did you not? I think last couple of years I've always been pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to say that Joe. I'm going to stick with my original prediction. That Joe Biden will not be the Democratic nominee for president in 2024. You've been on that. I have. You gonna, really believe that? Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick to. I just think that the fundamentals are just now. What that means is he has to he has to step down because obviously the the primary calendar and everything is 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 stacked in his advantage. But some, if the writing's on the wall, if he says, you know, I've I've done my part, you know, it's a very easy speech to write at that point. My number one job was to stop Donald Trump from returning to the office. I succeeded in doing that, and the best way for me to guarantee that in 2024 is to have Gavin Newsom uh, be the next nominee. I don't think he believes that, though. Well? I still think he believes he's the champion to beat Trump. Like, I think that's what he thinks, he and could I don't very think well, he's going to step he's down. he's going to say that until he doesn't. He said as much. I'm only running because Trump is running. Right. Yeah. He but he said that at a fundraiser recently. He he's said like, I don't think I'd be doing this if Trump wasn't running. But anyways, right. blah, 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 blah. I'm so, going to go take a nap so and talk if, to this. But to your point, he probably doesn't want to run again. He's probably like, I got what I wanted back 20 years ago, and I'm good, and I could mm-hmm. just go retire with I don't him. know. Once you get it, once you get the big chair, yeah. it's hard so, to let go. That's as we found out from the video. Once you get the chair, it's difficult. What you got for me, Courtney? <laughs> Benny, big prediction. I wasn't prepared for this, so no? you have to go to somebody. It's like the okay. it's like when the waitress comes around. I don't know what I'm going to order. So okay, okay. I'll ask you a question. Do you think Republicans are going to control the U.S. Senate? Yes. Do you think Republicans are going to retain control of the U.S. House? Yes. Oh, oh. Okay. All right, Sean. I'm a yes on the Senate and a no on the House. Really? Iffy on the House. Iffy. Iffy. What about which party will control the White House after the election in 2024? I think Trump's in a really strong position. I mean, he's in the strongest position he's ever been. You think he's stronger today than he was in at any time in 2020? The polling indicates that. Yeah, I think he is. I don't think he really ever led Biden no. in 20. And he's constantly and consistently leading Biden right now. And people are just... I saw Reince Priebus on one of the Sunday shows, mm-hmm. and he he had a good point. He's like, 
people are just kind of pissed off about stuff. I mean, literally everything. Like, think of one thing that public policy-wise or government that you're, like, satisfied with. Do you do you know anybody, and it's okay no, if you do. I don't know anyone. That is like, man, I love Joe Biden, and I, he just, I mean, I'm, I'm all the way. I don't. I know Democrats who are planning to vote for Joe Biden, mm-hmm. and I know people who don't like Donald Trump and would vote for anybody other than Trump, including Biden. But I don't really, I just, I'm trying to sense the enthusiasm for Joe Biden. Like, who is the most enthusiastic base Joe Biden voter? Jill. I don't know if that's true. Hunter. Hunter Biden. You got it. Hunter and Jim. (laughs) Hunter and Jimmy. He's the best salesman. He's a salesman. Get Hunter Biden. true. Rainmaker. He can just. But Trump, everybody knows ride or die Trump people. You have a big, you have a bold prediction for us? Anything? No, not really. Okay. I mean, I. I feel like Joe, we should have done like, uh, like. New Year's resolutions instead. Okay, of what's yours? I don't have one of those okay. either right now. You I may. Uh, I think. Be I think the resolution maybe should to be, be better at this next no, time. I we think. Record. I think the next podcast will name the baked good you want to bring. Well, tonight I brought bourbon, pecan, pop tarts. Incredible! There you so have everyone it. got those. Here's time. one. Who in here thinks Donald Trump will actually ever be convicted of a crime? I do. You believe that? Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think, Sean? I don't know. I just don't know. Ultimately, with all the different cases that are out there, one of them's going to hit. Will it? Hit, will it happen before the election? Likely not. You think not? You think it's all going to get pushed mm-hmm. and punted? There's just way too many machinations and legal. I think at some point he will, but it might be civil, not criminal. Mm-hmm. I think that's more likely than. I mean, somebody's going to come at him with something, and some judge. Well, he's already be been found liable civilly, right? I mean, he's already he? like in the uh, oh well, the, the the rape ac- accusation in New York. That was he was he was already. Found. Oh, I just meant like going going you know going yeah. forward. All right, I here's think. a question: Who who believes that come election day Israel will still be waging war against Hamas mm. in like a in like a profound and meaningful way? I don't think there'll be much of Hamas left by that point. Yeah, I think. All right, who thinks the war in Ukraine is going to be a stalemate in 2024? Ukraine gains ground or Russia gains ground? I think Russia has the upper hand in all of this, and and, and they have and they have the the, the stomach because as, as long as Vladimir Putin is in charge, mm-hmm. and rumor has it that he's going to run for re-election because of a spontaneous decision. <laughs> which you know. where'd you read that? <laughs> which, I heard a, I heard a rumor agency? that you watch some kind of Russian television show. <laughs> She did well. She is a regular listener before she joined the cast. We had anyway, nothing to do with this. I First think time that, participant, <laughs> long time listener. <laughs> Interesting. Tass. Where else did I read that? Uh, anyway, no. I I I I think it's more than likely. I mean, he, unless there is some sea change moment of munitions or something else. I mean, in the long run, this is this is a a war of attrition. This this is just a situation. Who can outlast the other? And Russia's reserves and and their stomach for killing people mm. is a lot greater than I think in most of the rest of the world. Who, so. thi- who thinks who thinks Lamar Jackson is going to win the Super Bowl oh. with the Baltimore Ravens? Don't you be don't no no. I love Lamar. I know you do, and the reason you're bringing him up partially because you beat me in fantasy football this weekend. I did defeat you, and on with the, Lamar on the, Jackson on the strength of Lamar's performance, so. it wasn't a great game, but I'm I'm kind of into the Ravens right now. 
I like it. Well, the St. Louis Cardinals have a winning record in 2024. Yes. How Courtney, many? who are your favorite sports teams? Uh, Chicago Cubs. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> for Scott, this will Courtney. be, ama- <laughs> <laughs> this will be an amazing this summer. This is going to be it for me. No. <laughs> Scott is they literally wearing why a St. Louis Cardinals like jacket. The, why do you like the Cubs? I think it's because when you – first, I had a great aunt. She was a huge Cubs fan. Okay, sure. Um, when you live in Louisville, that's the that's what you get. You got WGN. Yeah, you watch so the So you Cubs. watch the Cubs. You watch the Bulls. Like that's and, – and, and when I was growing up, Chicago was it. Like that was the big – not really What's your favorite Cubs. sport? To watch. Oh, basketball. Or College basketball. basketball. Louisville Cardinals? Yeah, Louisville Cardinals basketball. I'm sorry. That's not yeah. great right now. They're uh, terrible right now. The attendance is not good. They were it's... selling tickets at that at one recent game. was like three bucks mm. for a ticket. We mm. used to go every to every game. Really? We haven't gone to one in the last, last Big year. Big game this, this week. UK. Oh, yeah. That, uh, oh, yeah. It fell flat. Mm. <laughs> So, anyways, that's that's all I have. All right, I think we're, this is it. This is it. We're coming back in January, hopefully, God willing. And uh, by then, we'll see. We'll be barreling towards. I'll be doing some reporting from Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, and uh, be doing debate. I think CNN's having debates in both places. We're obviously doing election coverage on the caucus and the primary night. So, just a couple of weeks, folks, we'll know a lot more. I'll be up in New York in January, looking at some business openings. <laughs> looking forward to that. Well. Hopefully it's all you get. <laughs> Courtney, lovely to see you. Thank you. Thanks for the Pop-Tarts. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Thank you, Scott, Courtney, Sean, and for all of us here at Flyover Country, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Flyover Country with Scott Jennings is a production of Bluegrass Media Lab, coming to you from the heart of Middle America, Louisville, Kentucky. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Flyover Country on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.